Hallelujah. He is so faithful. I've just been in the in Finland and in the UK. Um, I had the privilege of meeting with prophetic leaders from all around the nation. Uh, first time actually ever in history that that's happened in Finland, um, that all the prophetic leaders have gathered. And that was really powerful. The Lord gave me a word for uh, the nation, which Tom was then able to deliver to the foreign minister. And uh, he met with the president and, you know, just an incredible privilege uh, to see what the Lord's doing there. And then we went to the UK. Uh, I was traveling over there also with Emily Harland, who sends her love and can't wait to be uh, back over here in August. And uh, we ministered uh, pretty much every day. Uh, I think I managed one day off in seven. Uh, thankfully, my husband's able to make sure that happens and it doesn't let me uh, work too hard. And I'm so grateful for that. But uh, we had a beautiful time. We saw probably in those three weeks, we saw six completely deaf ears open. Hallelujah. We saw um, just some amazing miracles, many, many souls, many people touched and healed and baptized in the Holy Spirit, people getting healed in their seats. Just so beautiful, actually, uh, the way the Holy Spirit is doing that so much now where people don't even need to get hands laid on them, just the words spoken and boom, they're healed. And, and then others being healed before I get to speak the word. So I'm just reporting what God's already done, which is really cool, too. Uh, so feel, feel free to get healed at any moment. You don't actually need to wait for a word of knowledge because the Holy Spirit's here and he is fantastic. He is so good. And uh, so just being so thankful to see what the Lord's doing. Thankful for your prayers and really glad to be home. I'm so happy to be home. I flew into Brisbane and, you know, I was just talking to some of the the guys yesterday and saying there there is absolutely something about the spiritual atmosphere over this city because every time I fly in I can feel the shift in the spiritual atmosphere it's quite amazing actually what God is doing here is supernatural and it's sovereign and I am so thankful for it and we want to we don't want to take that for granted and we want to uh, agree with God and to be careful to uh, give him all the glory because it is wonderful. Hallelujah. Well, are you happy? You can be. You should be because the Bible says to rejoice. And then again, he says rejoice, which means you get to tell your soul what to do. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Holy Spirit is wanting to awaken his beautiful bride to the truth that you are not subject to whatever emotion might come across the, the, the screen of your soul. You are called to take charge, hallelujah, and to determine what you spend time thinking about, to determine what you are going to meditate on and what you're going to be led by. We don't want to be passive and just be led about by any thought that happens to float through our head. We have authority, hallelujah, to, to take captive every thought that would try to come and lead you down a track that isn't pure and lovely and of a good report. I want to uh, look today, um, we've been look, we were looking on Friday and I want to look again today at Philippians chapter 4 because there's something so powerful in here, hallelujah. Have you been enjoying your Bibles? 
It's a wonderful thing. I, Tom and I had the opportunity as we were driving around uh, the UK recently to just listen to the audio Bible. We like to listen to it as we go to sleep, but it was nice to have uh, you know, a couple of hours at a time to just be able to listen to the Word of God. And it's wonderful to hear it, then it's wonderful to study it, to search it out, and then to meditate on it, to really think about it. It says here, and I mean, I could read all of it because it's wonderful, but we'll start again at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. That means he's serious about it. He's saying, you actually have a choice. You've been made in the image of God. That means you have the ability to choose. You don't lose your ability to choose once you're saved. You actually, as new creations, having been set free from sin, having been given a new nature, having been made new creations in Christ, no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. You, you've been made brand new. So you've been set free from your sins. You, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, which means our crookedness. So he has set us free from sin. He has set us free from our old crooked nature. That's happy. Yay. And so now you have a new nature. You've been restored just as Adam was before the fall. You have not got a sinful nature anymore, hallelujah, because God cannot be joined to anything that's impure. What fellowship does light have with darkness? The answer is none. So therefore, Jesus had to come in order for us to be able to be born again and given a new nature so that we're no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer of a crooked nature, we've been given a brand new nature. But with that new nature, we have the ability to choose every day. Just as Adam and Eve in the garden had the ability to choose, we have the ability to choose whether we are going to live out of that um, freedom, out of that new nature, or whether we choose just to go along with whatever idea, any thought that might come along. We can choose to sin, but praise God, if you sin, you can repent and have faith in the fact that God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then you've got to put your faith in the fact that you actually are forgiven because the just live by faith. Hallelujah. So that being said, you have a choice to make. Okay. How do I feel today? Irrelevant. Rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, hallelujah. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Praise God. He has given you all his qualities, hallelujah. You are no longer, as a born-again believer, you are no longer defined by how you may have behaved yesterday or in the past. You are defined by the nature of God. Therefore, he, you have gentleness as part of your nature. And God wants you to be letting that known to people. He wants you to let it be known to yourself. Hallelujah. He, he speaks to us such words of kindness. And it's so beautiful. 
The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Hooray. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That means talk to him. You don't have to pretend everything's okay. You can get very, very real with him. Tell him exactly what you're feeling. Tell him what's going on. Begin to speak the word of God. Release it to him. Flick it over onto him because it's not yours to carry. Cast it onto him. And then get happy and start to realize this isn't some... uh, ritual I'm going through, this is actually God delighting to take that off you so that you don't have to live with burdens and cares. Hallelujah. It's his good pleasure. Often we do this, I'm casting my cares on you, but we don't actually mix it with faith that believes he really will take care of it. This is the the awakening God's doing at the moment. He's wanting to bring us back to a childlike belief that actually believes that when I give it to him, I can I can start giving thanks to it, thanks for it. Because oh, Ray, I'm so happy I don't have to carry that. Thank you, God, you're gonna take care of that. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. It's only when you actually believe it that you can start to enter into the peace that he promises here. He says, do that, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hooray, it seems so simple. Why is it that we struggle so hard with it? It's so simple. People say, well, come on, give me the deep things of God. Start getting this, and then you might enter into a level of peace where you can start to hear some other things. Because at the moment, many people's minds are so clogged with the traffic of worry that continually wants to race on a, on a, uh, you know, unstoppable track that, that you can't even hear. But God wants his supernatural peace to be uh, filling your heart and mind so that you can be hearing the thoughts of heaven, so that you can be entertaining the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We actually must become believers who believe, who actually believe that he tells us to do this, not because it's a, it's a way to stop us worrying. It's the way to actually enter into genuine joy and genuine peace. He doesn't say rejoice. Ha ha. No, things are awful. You've got so much to be worried about, but just rejoice. That's not who he is. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. Is the answer. And so we can rejoice that, thank you, Father, you really are taking care of these things. Worry comes again. <laughs> thank you, Father, that I don't have to think about that. That's not my problem. I'm not built to carry that. Hallelujah. My brain does not actually, it's not created to, to let those, it's like cars that go round and round a racetrack in your head. My brain is not created to be entertaining this stuff. Hallelujah. Thank you for, oh, thanks God. I'm so glad I'm a believer. I'm so thankful that I'm a child that I don't have to live like that. Hooray. Anybody else happy about that? Thank you, God. Seriously, just take a moment and get happy about that. Hooray. I'm so grateful. Jesus. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which makes no human sense, but which is divinely sensible, <laughs> will guard your heart. You practice this, it'll be hard for the cars to get on the racetrack. You practice this, it will begin to become very quickly recognizable. If you let these things race around your head all the time, you'll barely even realize it's going on. But if you start to get disciplined with these thoughts, if you start to actually apply this truth to your life, it'll become a very foreign thing when you start getting weighed down with anxiety. You'll be able to discern quickly, hang on, that is not righteousness, peace or joy. And you'll be able to take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus, who is the answer. Hallelujah in your life. Amen. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, that's righteous, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. You know, this word meditate is something that people get very anxious about. People think, well, is that new age? We don't want to get new age. When I was growing up, we, you know, my mother um, was always, you know, talking about, we want to be very careful. Oh, no, that could be new age. That could be new age. And we don't want to be entertaining anything of the new age. But let me tell you that Holy Ghost Scriptural meditation is very different to sitting in a yoga pose with your matcha green tea and trying to empty your mind and connect with the universe. God doesn't want you to connect with the universe. He doesn't want you to empty your mind. He wants you to connect with him and to fill your mind with the pure and holy things that are just and noble, to fill your thoughts with his, his thinking, with his word. You know, on Friday night, I was in worship and um, I just so enjoy being able to have extended times of worship. It's so beautiful. And while I was on the floor, I, I, um, I was just adoring God. And he spoke to me and he said, how much do you love me? And I, having, having um, had a little bit of experience, decided it was best just to say, you tell me. Because if we were to judge that question, or if I was to judge that question based on my performance, I probably would not say that I love you with all my heart and soul and mind, I'd probably say, well, I probably love you a bit. And then I'd probably get into real condemnation because I'd be weighing up how much time I'd given him over other things. And But the Lord spoke to me as I said, well, you tell me. And he said, you love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And I was so blessed. I thought, oh, that's so lovely, God. And I knew that what he was saying was not a measure of how I had behaved, but it was the truth of my spirit having been born again, made alive in the image of God. This was the absolute truth. 
And it's a truth that he wants us not to receive just as a compliment. Sometimes we hear the words of God and we go, oh, that's nice. Thank you, God. Oh, that touched me. That's nice. When actually he wants you to take that, let it go deep down into your heart, and he wants you to meditate on these things until they actually become part of your belief system, that you actually believe these compliments that God wants to give you. Because if, you, if I actually take that and believe it, I, I love God with all of my heart and with all of my soul and with all of my mind. And then if I'll take that thought and then begin to meditate on it and daily actually steward what he's saying, it'll begin to grow up into a tree that begins to produce the fruit of the truth that's implanted in me. God is continually wanting to speak to you about your identity. He says it through scripture. He'll say things like, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you go, that's a good scripture. Thank you, God. But the sad part is many of us actually despise prophecy. We go, that's not true. I want a prophecy. Give me a prophecy. But when I believe the Lord is speaking about despising prophecy, he's saying that when you hear a word from God, whether it be through the scripture or through a prophetic word, or through God speaking a rhema word to you. If you take it and you just go, oh, that's nice, but you leave it just in the intellectual realm, you are not actually taking and receiving the gift that he's given you and stewarding it properly. In a way, you are actually despising it. Because you are deceiving yourselves by thinking, I've got that truth, but you actually haven't swallowed it. Christian meditation, I believe, is something that most of the body of Christ today really needs to begin to understand. You know, with our world of notifications popping up all the time, text messages, emails, boom, 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 phone calls, people, stuff. I tell you, my world is, is busy. But in this busy world, our minds are going 100 miles an hour. They're going buzz, 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 so fast, so many things that it takes a long time for people to wind down. Many people are not sleeping very well because they take work home with them and, and uh, you know, you're, you're connected to the, the world around you 24-7. They don't even turn their phones off at nighttime. Please turn your phone off at nighttime if you can. But... But in this, in this world, it's become a rare thing for people to actually get still, calm and quiet their souls, and meditate deliberately on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. We, we read this scripture and we go, that's right, I should be thinking about good things. And we leave it there as a concept I got that truth, and it's a concept. But a concept is there for you to apply. Most of us generally live with the promises of God as concepts. When God is actually wanting us to slow down, to deliberately take some time, 
to take control of your thoughts. Psalm 131 says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. That is not New Age. That was David. He understood that we need to tell our soul what to do. If you want to move with authority, you need to start exercising authority over your own soul. You need to be deliberate to start telling your soul, hey soul, right now we're going on a different track. We're in the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ right now. Right now I'm, I'm going to choose to focus on a, on a thought, a truth, the word of God. And, you, and I would challenge you to take one word that the Lord has just highlighted to you. You could pick any promise, but it's powerful when you pick up a rhema word that God's just recently highlighted to you. It could be this scripture after church tonight. It could be like I could take those words that he spoke to me on, on Friday night, or I could hear what he's speaking today as I read the word of God and take it in and let that one thought I actually want to not just have it as a concept. I want it to begin to take root in my life and begin. I want to give it enough time to really start growing up and producing fruit. And that's something that requires continual tending. So my inner life, my life with God, my life alone with God, I need to get still and choose a thought. What is it, God, that I'm going to think about today? If you even just took five minutes to actually meditate on one particular truth to the point that it came out of the concept realm and into your actual belief system, things would be, you'd begin to become much more fruitful. What would happen if you actually just one day you go, okay, thank you, Father. Right now, I'm going to meditate on this truth that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Mm, what does that feel like? What does that actually mean? And to take some time to think about that, to, to meditate on it, not to go down different tracks, but actually just meditate on it. Or I am the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that mean? Oh, how does it feel to be righteous? Oh, well, I guess there's no room for shame. I guess there's no room for feeling guilty or, wow, that's, that's good. And not stop there, but actually let it go deeper. Righteous, what does that actually look like? What, like all through my body, there's no part of me that isn't clean by the blood of the Lamb. I'm clean. I'm pure. Oh, and take it deeper. Take a whole five minutes and just think about one truth that God's speaking to you and let it become part of your identity. Because I'm concerned that many of us know so much about the Word of God that we haven't 
actually really stewarded this incredible gift that God's given us. That we have mental ascension to what we understand the word saying. We've come into mental agreement with it. Yay, good. I believe that. That's fantastic. I can preach it. I can share it. I can speak it. I can believe it. But unless I actually let it really come down into my identity, I won't see the fruit of it. Hallelujah. Whatever things are true. Is it true? You need to be careful to take captive anything that actually doesn't line up with the truth of who God is. You know, I believe we allow so much to rob us that... Uh, we've got a brand new puppy at the moment. She is so cute, like so cute, but very, very puppy stage. And, you know, if there's some paper on the floor, it's ripped up into a million little bits. Um, she'll run into a room and she'll grab anything that's within reach and she'll take it. And I was getting frustrated with this today. I'm like, oh, someone left my bedroom door open. Here she is. And Tom was in there and He's like, stop it. Obviously, like, and probably trying to get it again. Stop it. I thought to myself, I went, you know, that is so like our lives. We let these things annoy us and we just allow it to happen. We let these thoughts come, these anxious thoughts, these lies. You should be worried about that. You should, oh gosh, could go really bad. We let these things come and just annoy us. When in fact, we actually need to step up and stop being victims and start taking control over what does not belong in your brain. If it isn't true, you've got to shoot it. You've got, to recommend, you've got to recognize, hey, that is not true. Get out. I say it out loud, actually. Get out. Get away. And then I have faith that it actually will. Because I know him. And then I replace it with what's true. Aha, that's a happy thought. Hallelujah. Is it noble? Is it something that is lining up with your royal identity? Is it a thought that is able to then uh, be translated into ministry that's going to minister and bless others? Your noble authority. I love the, I love the saying, noblesse oblige, your noble obligation. We, as the royal priesthood, as, as people who have been given the most favored place in heaven, you can read about that in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, you have been seated with him. Where's he seated? In heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Like, oh. They were fighting over who got to be on the right and the left. We get to be in him at the right hand. Like, ah. Ah, like, 
what are you going to do with this noble privilege that you've been given? God, instead of you worrying anxiously about stuff, he wants you thinking about, what can I do with my noble privilege? You think, well, that's a bit strange. No, if you actually took it from being a concept and actually started meditating on that, you'd begin to think like Christ. You'd begin to realize, oh, this incredible privilege that I have of being no longer me but Christ. <laughs> Ooh, how could I bless somebody? What could I do? with this noble privilege that I have. Hallelujah. People want to be around people like that. People want to be around people who aren't weighed down with anxiety because if you're weighed down with anxiety, you want everybody else to help you. But if instead you're taking control of that, you're meditating on things that are true, you're, you're, you're actually meditating. Now listen to that. Meditating on what is noble. Mm, how can I be noble today, God? People will just gravitate towards you because they want to be like you. That's because it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto himself. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that everyone will speak well of you. But it does mean that you will truly be shiny. Hallelujah. Whatever things are just. You can read that. This is the same word as righteous. Whatever things are righteous. Oh, I had a bad thought. I must be bad. No. You had a bad thought. What do you do with it? You shoot it. And you go, that is not part of my identity. Hallelujah. I don't have to be concerned. Oh, I had a bad thought. Oh, I'm so bitter. I'm so angry. I'm so whatever it is. Stop it. A bad thought does not define someone that's been born again. A bad thought is simply a bad thought trying to deceive you into coming into a track that's going to lead you down a path of misery. But if instead you don't, conceive it that is take that thought meditate on it let it become a seed that then grows up if instead you go that's foreign get away what's pure what's righteous oh, oh i am <laughs> thank you god you said so oh that's really good god thank you jesus <laughs> Whatever things are pure. <sighs> Can you think of something that's pure? Jesus, he's pure. Oh, think about him. And then he'll say, I made you pure too. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. I love you, God. It'll cause you to engage in worship. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's anything virtue, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, is there anything praiseworthy in your world? There is not an excuse for a single one of us to not live in accordance with God's 
direction here. The Word of God is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. It is actually the way. He is the Word. Hallelujah. And if you take it and you stop having it just in this realm of, I'm a Christian, yes, I believe that, to I'm going to meditate on that. I'm actually going to take it and let it take root in my heart. Hallelujah. I'm going to let it become something that becomes my identity, that becomes a reality in my world, hallelujah, then you will begin to walk differently. You'll begin to live differently. You'll begin to see yourself differently. And you'll be, and the others are going to see you as well. You know, the spies said that when they went into the promised land, 10 of them came back and said, oh, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. If you're unworthy, unrighteous, impure, stupid, selfish, whatever it is you might entertain about yourself, if you believe it about yourself as you are in your own eyes, so you will be in everybody else's. I wish people would respect me. Start respecting yourself. Well, I wish people would like me. Do you even like you? If you start to like you, you've got a whole lot better chance that other people are going to like you back. Hallelujah. God's looking for us to actually believe, just to actually believe it. As you believe in your heart, as a man thinks in his heart, that's meditates. Not mental ascension, not the concept. As a man meditates in his heart, so is he. What you actually deliberately focus on is what will produce fruit in your world. What would it be like if this week our entire congregation just decided every day I'm going to take five minutes to choose one thought that God has about me and meditate on it? If you did that just five minutes a day, one thought that God thinks about you, and you actually took it and you actually meditated on it, that which is true, that which is in the word, that which he speaks to your heart, that which is true, and you meditated on it and you took five minutes to not have any other thoughts, to stay on track. I'm going to think about that one thought, that one truth for a whole five minutes. And you did that every day for a week. You would begin to actually believe it on the inside. You would begin to manifest it because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, this, is, this is powerful because when you go to have your time alone with God, and you know, every one of us, we need time alone with God every day. Hallelujah. You know, I know that life is busy. I, I have children, people, you know, we've got jobs, we've got 
things to have to do. God doesn't expect that you have to give him eight hours every day. But if you will just deliberately set some time in a disciplined way aside to to spend time alone with God, to still and calm and quiet your soul and tell your soul, hey, be still. Now we're going to think about this right now. You'll begin to discipline your soul. You'll begin to, to come into a place where it gets harder for the enemy to trap you into his rat race. If you took, say you took five minutes just to worship, you put some worship on and you just worshiped. And then you took five minutes to choose one truth or, or five minutes maybe to, to, to read the Bible, read a few chapters of the Bible or, or read, read something. And you, you, you looked at that maybe, maybe 10 minutes, you looked at that. Five minutes worship, 10 minutes read the word. And then five minutes actually meditating on one of those truths. And if you could do that consistently every day, you begin to really enjoy it. You begin to realize, hmm, I want more of that. <laughs> and you, you'd begin to become addicted. And while the enemy works very hard to stop this happening in your life, because he knows this is the end for him when you start to go down this track, because truth dispels lies. Hallelujah. Light dispels darkness. He hates it when you spend time in his light, because in the light of God, you see light. But if you would deliberately discipline your life, discipline yourself to take that time just to really connect with God, connect with his word and let it go down deep into your very inner being and transform your life. Oh, man, it would be so glorious for everyone you know. Your boss would be so pleased. No matter whether they're a raging atheist, they will see a difference. Your spouse will be so blessed. Your children will be blessed. Instead of mom that's all stressed out all the time. You'd be smiling and full of peace. Hallelujah. You'd be thinking noble thoughts about how you can bless your family. Okay, this, is, this is good stuff. It's the way. Hallelujah. It's the way, the truth, and the life. I, I'm sad to think that so many spend so long knowing about the word of God, knowing what it says, agreeing with it, but missing out on the actual life it wants to bring to you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is shaking us up to come to a place where we actually start to see it with a childlike faith that goes, oh, that's great. And take it in to, to grow up by meditating on it. Hallelujah.
and to stewarding this precious gift that we've been given and letting it become transformation in our life. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. You are so good. <laughs> what a privilege and what a joy it is, God, to be your children. What a privilege it is to be able to freely talk about your word. What a privilege it is, God, that we can encourage each other with the word of God. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your love for us. We're so thankful for your help. And Lord, I'm asking that you would help everyone listening, God, to truly connect with who you are and the truth of what you say. That you, truth, you are truth. Truth is a person. Lord, I'm asking that your truth would change us and transform the way that we think so that we would actually begin to receive what you truly say about us. That we would begin to walk in the fullness of your identity. Hallelujah. That we might know and receive the word implanted into us and, and steward it well by meditating on it. Papa, help us. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to take communion uh, together. And so if the ushers um, can get that ready. But before we do that, and I'm going to pray for some people in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to ask you this. If you're here today and you know in your heart you haven't yielded your life to God. A lot of people know about God, that they know he exists, that, you know, he's real. But you have to come to a place where you exercise the freedom to choose that he's given you, to choose him, to say, I choose to exchange my sin. I choose to exchange my sinful nature to receive the nature of God. I choose to exchange my sin to receive the forgiveness of God. I choose to exchange my old identity to receive my identity as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you know in your heart you are not walking with God and you want to make that choice to cross the line and say, I want to be born again. I want to be a new creation in Christ. Would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here that says, yes, I see your hand. That's powerful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Just let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody else that says, I want to get my life right with God. Yes, I see your hand. That's beautiful. God bless you. You can put it down. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Today, I want to be born again. I want to be a new creation. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I want to yield. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else that says, I, I want to do that. I want to get my life right with God. I don't want to just know about him. I want to surrender to him and I want to become a new creation. Anybody else? Yes, I see you. That's beautiful. Father, we say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. If you just raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to be very brave and get up out of your seat and come down here because I believe that you know, the scripture says, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. 
So if you would just come, I'm going to pray for you now. And we're going to celebrate that today is the day that everything shifts, everything changes. Would you come? Would you come? Come, come, come. Come, darling. You can come. Yeah, well done, man. God bless you. Yeah. Come, sweetheart. Anybody else? You want to come and join them? Would you reach your hands out and pray for these precious ones? Billy and Carmen. Father, I'm so thankful. God, we're so grateful. Lord, for the creation that you've made in these two. And Lord, for your love for them. Right now, would you just say this out loud with me? Pray with me. Father God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay for all of my sin. I believe that he died and rose again. And right now, I exchange my sin for your forgiveness. I exchange my life for your new life. I exchange my old identity for your new identity. I believe that you make me a new creation by your power and your goodness. In Jesus' name, I declare that God, you are my father and I am your child. Forgiven, cleansed, clean, loved, pure by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen.